Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You tune into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Super big thanks goes out to the entire Salem Media Group team, but specifically today, Ace Andrews, who is a bright and shining light in the studio every day. He'll be taking your calls later on. Hey, just a reminder why we're on the air. We're here on I I Work For Him Show is all about helping each one of us to be purposefully equipped to be ready in our workplaces, to be effective in communicating the gospel, to be a light in the gospel. I like to say it purposefully equipping Christ followers in a workplace to be vibrantly effective because you and I, we work in our mission field every day. Our workplace, it is our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me and Martha we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. And it is a reminder, as we talk about the beginning of the show every day, just about every day, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's just what we need to do. We need to just stop reproducing the behavior that we see all around us. You know, Martha, we've been uh, we've had the I Work For Him Nation out there for about a year. We've got a few hundred members from around the country. But we I know that we have a lot of people that have committed to start praying for the people in the workplace. They just haven't let us know. So I just think we should have people email us or uh, text us and let us know what they're doing in the workplace. What do you think? I think that's a great idea. You know, uh, obviously, it's not safe to do that while you're driving. So when you are, if you're at your desktop, laptop, or your phone, but you're not, moving in a vehicle as a driver right now, it'd be a great time for you to uh, take a moment and either go to our website and click on the flag and read it for yourself and join, or just shoot Jim an email at jim at iwork, the number four, him.com, and just let him know specifically what making this decision and this covenant has meant in your workplace. Well, and we've on our website, if you go on our website, all our contact information is out there. Mm-hmm. Just jump out to iworkforhim.com, iwork4him.com. My cell phone number is even out there. You can text us. Hey, this is my story. And if you text us or email us, we will contact you. We want to hear those stories because we'd like to share some of those stories on the air. This show is not the Jim and Martha monologue show. This is I Work For Him and sharing the stories of how Christ is impacting your workplace and our workplace and ministries that are helping us do that impacting. It can't be a monologue when there's two people. A duologue. <laughs> That's called a dialogue, right? 
Oh, I, think, I don't know. I, think can, I don't. I don't really know the think answer to that, that question. It's too complicated. Way too complicated. It, it, yeah. our, our life is a dialogue. Yes, it is a dialogue, but it's a dual log. I think. I think I may have may have just made up a new word, but I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I'm okay with that. All right. So you know, I, I picked out a verse for today's show. The uh, Proverbs twenty one five from the ESV version. I don't know why, because. You probably picked it out. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. One of the things that I think is so important is for us to remember that planning, being intentional in our workplaces with our faith, with our job in producing excellence, it needs to be intentional. And because if people just go about it hastily, that never ever gets done. You know, I love the idea of taking this verse and looking at it not from financial abundance, but rather from um, an abundant crop or harvest, as the Bible talks about when you're talking about sharing your faith with other people. And I want to read it again, because it just if you are intentional, which is a word we use a lot, then it's going to lead to a harvest. So the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. So the way we're kind of interpreting that today is if you intentionally make decisions and actions at work, they can lead to reaping a harvest of souls. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. So if you don't plan and you maybe um, do something off of the cuff, it can actually hurt that harvest you know a lot, let's just put it into perspective okay let's just say you're going out to buy a car and you've got a budget of fifteen thousand dollars but you go to the new car lot and if you don't have a plan you're walking away because they're going to get you on payments well you went in there to plan on spending 300 bucks a month they say hey we can get you this new car for 300 bucks a month too 84 months but we can get you out there for <laughs> yeah, you 300 for bucks a month long. so but i have a plan if you don't have a budget you will be in poverty because you will spend more money than you make. You, you got to have a plan in everything we do. When you're dating, you have a plan. You get to know each other. Then you, you decide you want to spend the rest of your life together. You, and when you, I mean, everything we do, when you get ready in the morning, most of us actually try to make sure our clothes match. I have Martha do that so that when we go out in public, they match or I match her. Actually, I let her get dressed first and then I pick out clothes that are the same color scheme-ish. Complimentary. Complimentary colors. Complimentary colors brought to you by Jim Brangenberg. <laughs> You're an expert right, at today that. Today on our show, uh, this great Friday show, we're just really looking forward to kind of recapping what we've talked about this week. What's coming up next week? we got some pretty cool stuff coming up next week. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple of conversations I want to have brought to us by the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics. They, I get their daily emails, uh, devotionals. And one of them was, we're going to talk today, should I check my work email at home. That's Ooh. a good topic. And are you concerned for, about our culture? <laughs> Renew your character. I'm concerned about my culture. I don't know about you. It should be a fun conversation. Yeah, it will be a fun conversation. So stay tuned as Jim and Martha Brangenberg bring you the I Work For Him Radio Roundtable right here on this Friday afternoon. Just excited to be here with you guys today. I'm kind of mellow today. I don't, I don't, know, I, I don't know why. I, no Mountain Dew yet. Maybe that's what the ails. I'm just feeling a little mellow today. As Martha and I just, we kind of want to just recap the things that you've heard in our workroom, because I know that you don't always get to tune into every show, but we want to make sure that you know that you don't ever have to miss 
any shows. That's right. Um, We have a thing on our website where you can sign up for our newsletter, podcast newsletter. And what it does is every Friday afternoon, it sends you an email of all the podcasts that have been done for the previous week. So you can download those. You can subscribe on iTunes and or, you know, just click on them as you have time and be able to listen to them at your leisure. Of course, you can always, if you're not in your car at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you can always tune in on your computer to iHeartRadio or tune in. Or I don't know where else they can find us, but I'm sure the Faith Talk app. Oh, that's sorry. The, right? The Our Faith Talk website, AM 570 website. website. Let's talk faith.com. That's right. Whew. So we can find you all Martha, kinds of ways. thank you, thank you for looking out for us, Martha. I, you know what? I, sometimes <laughs> it's overwhelming because there's like so many choices that sometimes you can it's just overwhelming whole... being married to me. <laughs> thank you, Ace. That was, that, was, that was good. It wasn't hilarious. No. Is it overwhelming at times being married to me? Um. So let's talk about. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. So this... it is awesome being married to you, honey. I didn't ask that question. This, the audience should know that Martha avoided the answer to that question. All right, so this week we had some really cool guests. Uh, Paul Clayton called in from Mission One, and, and it, we talked the whole day about business as missions and how we can get involved in supporting missionaries in other parts of the world who are using their businesses to create a mission field. Not, not create a mission field, but in other words, they go in and start a factory and all the people they hire, they minister all the people that they hire and they end up starting churches within that. Mission one, it was a great conversation with Paul Clayton. So much fun. All right. Can I, can I say something about that? Okay. Okay. You're going to let me? Okay. Okay. You didn't answer I my just, other question. Is it overwhelming to be married to me at times? At times. Sure. Okay. So what I wanted to say about businesses' missions is the fact that Truly, what they're doing in business as missions is what we are really called to do every day in our own workplace, uh, to be intentional and share the light of Christ in all that we do, feeling that where we go to work and the shoulders that we rub with and the um, people that we sit around a conference table, they are our mission field. That's right. And being intentional about that. Um, and so I, I just hope that a little bit of the idea of Mission One seeps into people's daily lives because that's truly what we're called to do here every day. Well, and that's really why we bring uh, mm-hmm. organizations like right. Mission One on, just to give us those ideas. The key is that Mission One is working with business people in countries that right. you could never go as a missionary exactly. or as a pastor or as a Bible teacher, or you could go maybe as an English teacher, but most of those countries where people are going to do business as missions are countries that are specifically closed to the gospel. Right. Period. End of story. Chop your head off if you come kind of deal. Uh, that's just the way that goes. Sorry to be gross. Didn't want to be gross, but that's just a reality of it all. All right, Tuesday we talked with James Sutherland about what's going on in Pasco County. They've got this thing called Renew Pasco going on, and it's, uh, you know, it's basically a bunch of Christ followers getting together, trying to work together and make an impact on Pasco County. Lots of business people getting together, and, and it's, they got a website, renewpasco.com. And, it, and the, if you missed the show, you, there's just so much to cover. You really need to go out to that website, renewpasco.com, and check it out. If you live in Pasco County and you're a Christ follower, you should get involved. It's all about bringing the light of Christ to Pasco County. Fantastic opportunities. Get to, and, their, and their next event, Let Your Light Shine 2016, coming up next Saturday, November the 5th. All right. Wednesday, Luke and Dave 
They they came on the air. They had they had their own show. I just said, okay, take the microphones, give me a day off, and and they talked about life insurance versus life assurance. Because every family, as we know, Martha, because we sold life insurance a lot of years, if every woman knew what every widow knows, no family would be without life insurance. Right. And it's a very, we are true believers in life insurance. It has a place in people's lives for that unexpected. And um, I just hope that people glean something from that conversation and Remember to reach out to Luke and Dave if you have questions or what you, what they said intrigued you and made you want to dig a little deeper or reassess your situation, whether it's in your wealth planning or in your uh, life insurance. All of that ties together. And Luke and Dave are really great guys. We really do love them. And it, it took a, uh, you know, it's fun when they come on and take the microphone and uh, just let their hearts show through to our listeners. Yeah, pretty cool. You can find out more about them online at belairwealthmanagement.com, belairwealthmanagement.com. All right. Yesterday, Martha and I did a show on the tyranny of the urgent. And, and literally, that was a fun show. Very convicting because we have, you're going to need to listen to the archive if you missed it, but Martha and I tend to be busy people. Mm-hmm. And we tend to be driven by the urgent we have been in the past driven by the urgent. I think we're doing better today, driven by the urgent versus what is important. Well, I really think it's fun how it really is leading into the conversation we're going to have today about this blog, about checking your work emails at home, because it really falls in line with that, you know, assessing what's important versus what's urgent and what is robbing your time in a place where it shouldn't be and, you know, making proper boundaries and things like that. So really getting a better understanding we have to remind ourselves daily of where to spend our time and what to prioritize and it's so easy to go on rabbit trails what's been cool though is going through the experiencing god study together this Mm -hmm. fall it just reminders that to not get ahead of god Right, because we're doers, we like to just we see a problem, we want to go fix it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I mean, I really. I I would guess a lot of our listeners are that way too. When my neighbors have problems, I want to go fix it. (laughs) Yes, he does. I do. I mean, I just want to help people out. I mean, I just, I just love, I just love helping people. So it's a lot of fun. Anyway, so that's last week. At the end of the show today, we're going to preview what's going on next week because there's some really cool stuff going on and uh, you're not going to want to miss the shows next week but i think really we should just talk about how what we've been learning from the uh, we can start the conversation on should we answer our emails at home but i was thinking maybe we could just share during the rest of this segment how uh, uh what's what we're learning from experiencing god okay um i think for me the biggest thing that right now i'm i'm kind of wrestling with is some of the points that in this this Bible study, which is by um, the Blackabees, Richard and Henry, right? They have written, and people have gone through this for years. This Experience of God workbook has been around for quite a while. And um, one of the things that it very strongly states is that if you're having trouble hearing from God, then you're having, you your love relationship with him is not where it needs to be and focusing on your love relationship with him. And I think that 
Um, why I struggle with that is because, again, it goes back to being a doer and being task oriented, uh, building a love relationship. You don't have a checklist. You don't have a, I got to do this, 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 and this, and then I'm done. It's um, spending time and it's investing and listening and um, growing. And those are things that you can't really measure. And so just you know, for me, that's a challenge because not that I don't want to do it, but realizing that you can't race that. It's not an urgent thing. It takes time and um, just letting it happen. I, I How about you, Jim? There's just so much. There's just so <laughs> much. I mean, it's been so good. You know, you went through this study almost 20 years ago and I said, I want to go through. I want to go through. But it was a woman's Bible study at that point. You were in a women's Bible study that went through it. So men weren't invited sounds like a bunch of excuses uh well okay it's probably valid because <laughs> anyway so we're going through it together yes yeah, so we're going through it together awesome. at, at our church along with another half a dozen people and uh, it's what i just recently the piece that is and this is what i've been trying to do with i work for him as we're trying to cast vision it says to find out you know don't just forge ahead because you you see a need find out where god is working and go join him in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And what's what's interesting, in the last couple of weeks, I've gotten emails from people going, Jim, do you realize that I work for him as the only marketplace, workplace-focused, five-day-a-week radio show in the country? I'm like, I do. That's why I'd love to see I work for him go nationwide. But the Lord's got to provide for that. But I know he's working because there are ministries popping up across. I mean, I just went through a, a few days ago the pile of, of people I like to have future guests. I mean, I have a pile literally three inches thick of future guests that are involved in workplace ministry somewhere in the country mm-hmm. that we want to bring on the show. Right. And there's fantastic stuff, of course, going on right here in Tampa Bay, but around the world. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, I want to make sure that we don't go ahead and start our own thing and then struggle along. Just like we didn't look to go on the radio and the Lord has done amazing things with the radio show, but that I want to go where the Lord is working. And so what it teaches is you kind of go out and you listen, just listen to what people are saying and, and hear what people are asking and, and go there and do the work that you're being called to do. Right. And on that same point, one of the things that really stuck out to me is it says so many times we go and do something we think needs to be done and then we ask God to bless it. <laughs> and who are we to do that? I mean, really, and we don't think of it that way. We don't think of ourselves as being, you know, self-focused in that. We think, well, we're doing it for the Lord, but it's such a backwards approach instead of saying, God, what do you want me to be doing? And then I'll do it. Well, and that he totally kiboshed uh, Dr. Blackaby, the whole deal. Well, well, I'm go through the open doors. It's like, no, go where God is working. Pray about the opportunities. Make sure you're hearing God's voice. It should be a clear direction, not a distraction. A clear direction, not a distraction. Mm-hmm. You're listening to I Work For Him. We really are our radio roundtable. Bringing it back today with Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we're talking about what happened last week, this week, what's going to happen next week. And if you're just tuning in right now, thanks so much for tuning in. And really, we're on here five days a week. In case you're just hearing us for the first time, five days a week, you hear us talk about topics and how we're connecting. What we're learning on Sunday with what we do in the nine to five. I know people are going, what's the nine to five? It's really your seven thirty to five thirty job or whatever it is. Those of you who work seven to three thirty, whatever it may be. Three to eleven. Three 11 to, 11. to seven. That's right. Whatever it may be, whatever your workplace is, it's your mission field. And in that mission field, you and me may be the only Jesus 
our coworkers and employees may ever meet. But we, I, I found this article. We've got a ministry that we've had on the air many times, Martha, called the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics. Yes. And, and it's a bunch of people that are really writing. Well, it was a bunch of very smart really people. smart people. Yes. <laughs> people that finished high school. Them. Oh, no, I finished high school. Oh. These people all have, most of them have doctorate degrees, but they study the impact of our faith on economics, our faith on poverty, our faith on the minimum wage, our faith on all these different things. But they write intriguing articles that I get every, every day. And this one I got, Jessica Schaefer wrote it back in September. And it was, should I check my work email at home. It's pretty funny because I would love to know right now what all of our listeners answer would be to that. And I would guess a whole lot of us would justify why we do it. Like we'd go right into it. Well, of course I should because da, 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 you know, whatever the answer might be. But I wonder if we've ever actually thought about this question. Well, I, I know that really when you look at when emails started being available on your cell phone, you know, maybe you still had a desktop at work, but then all of a sudden they're sending your emails to your phone. That was about a decade ago. And when that started to happen, all of a sudden, instead of people working their jobs, whether it was eight, nine, 10 hours a day, now all of a sudden people are, they're working all the time. Right. And then text messaging got to be freakishly, uh, you know, a, a big deal about a decade ago. And, Again, you people are working all the time. And cell phones, then, then your boss buys you a cell phone to do you a favor. Hey, I'll buy your cell phone for you. You know why? So he can call you on it all the time. <laughs> they have a direct connection. But how do you protect what's most important? Because if you're looking at emails all the time, how, how do you protect? I, I know some of the excuses that I use. Martha will hear what you But the reason I check emails, we work from home when we're not in the studio. At this point in, in, in the in the life of I work for him, the two of us share an office at home that's pretty nice. We've got a remote studio in there as well. And so the danger is, though, we try to work literally from 8 until 5. But the danger is sometimes after dinner, Martha will go back, well, I just want to do a couple of things. I'm like, well, if you're going to do a couple of things, then I do a couple of things. And then we end up working another couple of hours looking at emails and doing other things. When do we, how do we make sure that we don't, that this work email thing I mean, emails are like, to me, and I'll stop talking in a second so you can talk. <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about today when I was looking at the emails popping up, they're, they're like little, they're like little Pez dispensers. <laughs> they're like Pez in a Pez dispenser. You're having a good, you're just waiting for a new one to come up and say, oh, a new flavor. Because, I mean, email, you're, it's, they're exciting to get emails. It's nice. I never thought about a Pez dispenser like that before. Oh. So when you tip back the head, it's like, oh, I got to take that one. Oh, so good. I haven't had Pez in a long time. Don't make that. Don't buy me one. It's okay. I don't need any more sugar in my life. Okay. Okay. So do you think we should open email at home? I mean, for people that work in an office. We work at home, so yes, we should. If you work in an office, should people be working at night? Or when they're off. Or when they're off. Whatever that might be. Or on vacation for crying out loud. Oh, you bring up so many good points. And I think that if we all were going to give the Sunday school answer, we'd be like, no, of course, we shouldn't be looking at them at home or when we're off. But so many people are in sales and they're driven by numbers. And so they justify it by that. Other people, um, I know a big one is as well, if I can, if I need to know something that's going on before I get into work the next day so that I can be ahead 
on something or be aware that something happened, um, that kind of thing. So we justify it that way. Also, just, oh, well, if I can just clean out my inbox. That's what a lot of times, you know, we, I know you do a lot of filing, as you call it, where you're just like, you know, you've looked at the emails and they need to go in the right folders and, and be put to bed that you're, you know, just doing that to clean up your inbox. But all of those things take time. So are they supposed to be done during work or taking from your personal time? Well, the question is, do you get paid? Is your boss paying you to work all the time? Well, that's one question. That's one question. And for a salesperson, they may say, well, everything I do makes money, makes me money because or makes I'm on me lose money. Right. You know, so there's the, the timely, uh, you know, I've been calling vendors for some work that need to be done in our neighborhood. And, you know, if people don't return my call, I'm going to I'm going to give my business ultimately to the person who calls me back. And I'm hoping that Which they're in not. Florida. It's something we're still trying to teach people. I'm just hoping that they're not doing it during their family's dinner. I don't expect that but at all. Salespeople. But they're You just expect- said salespeople are on commission, so they need to be doing it all the yeah, time. Yeah, but I don't want to be called during my dinner. But I do want them to call me back. So all I'm saying is they, you know, they need to make some good priorities there, but do it within the confines of of what's been set out. So, but I don't think money's the only reason to or not to work on your emails at home. No, for eight years, I worked for companies in the central time zone. And so yep. at the end of the day, I'd be done working at 4.30 or 5 o'clock, and they would call at 6 or 6.30. During dinner. During dinner, because that's when they were ending their day. They were their finishing day. their day. They needed to touch base with you, and yeah. ultimately the phone would ring. And that's only an hour behind us here in Florida, right. but what if you're working with people in the mountain? time zone or Pacific time zone. Those people are still work. They're still working and you're going to bed. Yeah. I had vendors that were in California at one point in time and, and I had to really rethink my, you know, way I approached them because I really needed to contact them uh, right around lunchtime. Otherwise it would get into too late of my day before we got things settled. So that can be a challenge. Isn't part of the issue also tactile? Because I think that we ha- as a society, we have become, I mean, you know, when when my dad was quitting smoking after he became, after he really took his faith, when he started walking with the Lord, he said, I'm just so used to having something in my fingers. So he carried around a cigarette unlit in his hands for a long time, just because it was something he was used to doing. How many of us are that addicted to our cell phones? I mean, when you're in a room I, and I'm speaking guilty because we were in our experiencing God study last night. <laughs> and I, I looked at my phone a dozen times. When, you, when you've got your phone with you, how often do you look at it? And we're looking at it all the time. What are we looking for? Like it's going to provide some magic formula for happiness and joy. We just want to see. We don't want to miss anything. No, we don't want to miss anything. We don't want to miss a new post on Facebook. We don't want to look at a new email that's come. We don't want to miss a text message. I mean, just it's those ridiculous things. I mean, it's become. It's like the Pez dispenser. What's up next? What's coming up next? Or what's a better better example? How about a grab bag? You put your hand in a grab bag. You don't know what you're going to come out with, but you get you're going to get some cool prize. That's what I mean. There's this. It's like Pavlov's dog. We've all been trained to look at our phones all the time, and our bosses have taken advantage of that. Yeah, I think that a lot of times, too, we think, well, we have the upper hand. If we know what's going on and we're keeping our pulse on everything, then we can be better prepared. Um, 
and I think we keep going back to social media because it's just so very relevant to this discussion, even to the fact of talking with a friend who'd been on a trip and, you know, the conversation was, well, you saw all that on Facebook. Well, Jim, to his credit, does not spend the, he watches the videos. Let's well, just say Every it. couple he of has, days, I look for the videos. He has to watch all the ones where, you know, they're wrestling an alligator, getting it out of a pond or, you know, very cool action-packed stuff. So you're not scrolling through people's vacation pictures and things like that too often. So to your credit, you're missing those things. I get that in trouble people, for that too. But people assume that I'm looking you've at everything. absorbed it all. And there's no possible way we can. There's so much information out there in this world. <laughs> I have no desire. But we go back to it. And I take the social media approach because I use social media in my last job a lot. And actually in this job too. With them, I work for him. So getting disconnected from that when it's appropriate is really important for our sanity. Well, it's creating boundaries. You know, there's a boundaries for children, boundaries for marriage, boundaries for family. How about boundaries with your cell phone from work? People, seriously, boundaries for your email. Okay, so are you concerned about our culture? Renew your character. An article by Art Lindsley, who we've had on the show from the Institute of Faith, Work, and Economics. This is, you know... If we're concerned about a culture, how do we renew our character? Because our character impacts our culture. And we have a decidedly, a decided lack of character in our culture. From our political candidates, oh my goodness, all the way down to the janitor. Oh my who, goodness. Who I just. Okay, now. Uh, the janitor. Who, his life's just not as public. Right, but he's stealing soap on his side. You never know. You know, but, or, you know, he's walking around, you know, you just never, it doesn't, and I'm not saying everybody is struggling with their character, but man, politicians just get it out there in front of you and go, here's my character. I don't care. I just, and they just, they blow it off. Character is so important at every level of our society. And ladies and gentlemen, it is our responsibility to build that character into our kids, to teach them right from wrong. And yes, there is right and wrong there is and so um in this article one of the things they talk about is the devastating effects of not having good character in our culture and two of the things that they um refer to is the fact that there's an increasing amount of corruption and greed in the marketplace well let's let's talk about that before we go too deep because the whole great recession was brought on because of deception and greed in the marketplace. One, one of the catastrophic things, because it involved bankers, mortgage people, appraisers, real estate people, and politicians. Politicians that said, hey, go ahead. We understand that people with low credit scores, we want them to get in houses, even though we're not sure they can actually afford to pay for houses. And so that shoved a whole bunch of people buying houses that wouldn't necessarily be able to keep them, and they, they were able to afford them. Until the house prices went up, and then and the economy went down, all of a sudden there was trouble. Wasn't there even over-mortgaging? Oh, yeah. And then people were getting mortgages for 125% because they were banking on their house going up in value. And the appraisers would work with the real estate people and the mortgage people to make sure that their appraisal matched what they needed in a mortgage and the real estate appraisal and the, the loan. And so it, it drove up the market ridiculously fast. And then all of a sudden... The straw broke the camel's back, and all of a sudden they realized, wow, we got a bunch of junk mortgages. And at the end of September 2008, 
the world felt the economic earthquake that hit our country. Yeah, and I don't think that they all got together and said, this is what we're going to do. But one thing led to another, a pressure for another thing and another thing and another thing, and didn't realize that they were compromising on things that, you know, they just saw them as culturally acceptable. So this is that whole gray area. It's so cute that you think that those people innocently did that. Because I believe that there was a a, a mass conspiracy. Once they figured out, hey, we can get away with this, let's just do it. Okay, but at the beginning, they didn't all sit down, let's go, hey, let's figure out a way to wreck the economy. Oh, no, I I, I totally believe that. that. Okay, thank you. Uh, But but when you look at it, there were so many banks involved in that. And, And literally, you and me, we helped pay to support those banks so that they still exist today. But that's my point, is the fact that um, all of them making small compromises led to a very destructive situation. So they were delving in the gray areas. They were compromising, um, you know, because of greed and things like that, that led to a huge, um, you know, domino effect. Yeah, it, it, it was monstrous. And it was all because people kept compromising their character. Yeah. They knew right from wrong. It is wrong to say, hey, Mr. Realtor, what do you need for an appraisal? Hey, Mr. Mortgage Person, what do you need for an appraisal? Okay, I'll make sure I match my appraisal what you need. How convenient. That actually matched up. Ladies and gentlemen, every day there are opportunities for us to compromise our character. Speeding. Uh, blowing through stop signs. How about in Florida? This seems to be a pretty popular thing. Blowing through red lights. Uh, compromising on your taxes. Well, I'll just mess a little bit on this bottom line or mess a little bit on that bottom line or whatever. I mean, there's so many things. You know, I, I, I can't even think of all the different reasons, the ways that we can compromise our character. You know, putting an extra mile on your expense report or, I, I, I don't know, getting out of a, going out of a store and you realize you didn't pay for something and not going back in and paying for it, even though you didn't do it intentionally. Like, well, that's okay, I'm out of here already. I mean, there's just so many ways. But every time we compromise our character... We are destroying our society. We are helping aid and abed the destruction of our society. Go ahead. Yeah, so the article we're talking about is called, Are You Concerned About Our Culture? Renew Your Character. So one of the things then that it, it delves into is being people that shape rather than allowing their circumstances to shape you. And I think that's, you have to know what your character is. You have to know where you're going to stand on ethical issues before you're in a position where somebody's asking you to compromise. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, about the two gates, the two ways. Jesus declares that there's only two ways and two gates, broad and wide, leading to destruction, small and narrow, leading to life. You and I, we want to lead to life. We want to be on that narrow path. One of the greatest questions I ever got was, hey, what's this whole gate conversation all about? Because narrow is the gate that leads to life. And in the center of that gate is Jesus Christ inviting us in. That's the answer we bring to the marketplace. The answer to everybody's question, all their concerns. What's the answer? Jesus is the answer. You listen to I Work For Him. What's coming up next week in I Work For Him? You know, every day I'm working on identifying new guests, new hosts, or new guests for me, sometimes I get new hosts because I just need a break. <laughs> like right now, my mouth seems to be rented. Uh, but we try to find new ministries, new authors that have written books applying to what we we do. And next week, we've got some really cool stuff. A couple of days next week, we're going to do an introduction to Love 2020. Now, we've talked a little bit about a little preview in, in a few shows in, in early October and, and September. And I think one back in August. But this is a movement across the nation. To bring an authentic touch of Christ to every person in the workplace in the United States of America 
by the end of 2020. And it, they line up exactly with I work for him with the fact that what the nation, I work for him nation pledge, start praying for your coworkers and employees by name, looking for ways to serve them, looking for ways to befriend them, looking for ways to pray with them when you notice they're having a rough day, but all along being a person of excellence, their movement totally echoes everything we're doing. And I just want you to hear about it. And we've got some leaders from some phenomenal organizations coming up on the show. They're going to talk about why they joined the Love 2020 movement. On Tuesday, Martha and I finish up the lie series, the lies that couples believe. Yeah, so we're excited that um, we've had this opportunity to share all the different lies and just really open up people's eyes to the fact that we come into marriage believing things that aren't necessarily true and need to have a better understanding. And so the, the topic for the last lie, we can reconcile without repenting. The, the lie, stop in the name of love. Ooh, we should really, that song, we should play that song. We might have to do that when we do that show. Okay. Stop in the name of love. (laughs) We definitely need a recording. That's right. Okay. Really cool stuff coming up on Thursday. Get an opportunity to interview Dave Ramsey's daughter, Rachel Cruz. She just came out with her second book, Love Your Life, Not Theirs. It's all about the comparison trap and how it destroys our budget. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've been reading it. It is, I I have it done. It is a phenomenal book. I would love to give it to every young married couple under the first 10 years of their marriage. Because this is absolutely something that Martha and I had to work through. It was just an important thing. The hard way. The hard way. Have you ever met Rachel Cruz in any of your book conventions? No. No, I have well, not. I'm excited about Look it. forward to having her on the show. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. All right. And then on Friday next week... Ross Harrop with C12. Going to bring you the ministry in the marketplace. And, and you know, just so you know, fr- Ross ministers to Martha and I by taking one Friday every month and lets us have a break, do a three-day weekend, go spend it with our kids up in Jacksonville. And Ross always highlights a, a local business person here in Tampa Bay who is putting their faith at the center of what they're doing each and every day. So it fits right in with what we do. C12 is a phenomenal organization that disciples Christian business owners. That's what they do each and every day. I mean, isn't that great, Martha, that Ross does that for us? It is. We really appreciate it. And we love his heart and we love what he is doing in Tampa Bay for the Lord. Yeah, it's been amazing how many how many different groups Ross has been able to start up. I think he's got four groups now in Pinellas County. All right, we, we've come to the end of another I Work For Him show. And I want to thank you for tuning in. That was a fantastic show baby it was they always are are they it always is surprising it always seems like it comes hey go out to i work for him this weekend check us out i work for him